Welcome to Young and Adulting, a podcast of the Young Adults community at Christ Fellowship Church. Our hope is to create a safe place for authentic conversation around the ins and outs of life as we all try to navigate following Jesus in the world we live in today. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of the Young and Adulting yeah. Podcast. This is it, season four. My name is Lewis. I'm here with my wife, Kalisa. Hey. And Pastor Jonathan. Yeah. Excited, excited for it. Last season, we talked about how questions. How do I do this? How do I do that? This season, the question is why. And we really think that if we ask the question why, we're going to be able to get through and figure out every how. And so today, the big question that we're talking about is why do people need to know about my problems? Mm. Yeah, that's right. And it's it's a heavy question. And so we brought the best of the best, Pastor Jonathan right. Samuels, <laughs> in with us today. And Pastor Jonathan actually helps like after all of our CF student ministries yeah. at our church. And he's super passionate about the next generation, young adults, and uh, passionate about God's Word. So you are very wise in this topic. And well, we can't wait. I know our listeners and our viewers are excited to hear a little bit more on this topic, why? Uh, and so we're going to start off the conversation a little different today. So, okay. Pastor Jonathan, we got a question for you. Okay. Of, of really, what's a question that you are asking right now? Like any question right now that I'm yeah. asking. Any question. Any question. I, I think. Oh yeah, this is going to be a tangent. I think the one I'm thinking about is about AI. To be oh, honest, I just have. Let's go. That's a good I, one. I lean towards like philosophy of mind stuff and soul and some of those things, and I know AI just hits all the buttons of fear and everything that people kind of <laughs> lean towards. Have you like well, seen any of the AI stuff? I, I remember a couple of weeks ago, I asked you a question mm. and your response was pulling out chat GPT and you're like, let me figure this out real quick. <laughs> it's, it's true. Brilliant, man. Yeah. It's real. It's crazy. It's it, it's and it's up. definitely blown up. Yeah. And I was like the third iteration, but now there's so many more that's going on right now. And uh, I think it's a tool to be used, but also I think there's clearly some yeah. some crazy things that can kind of happen me, from it. Yeah. Uh, what are you excited about when it comes to AI and what kind of scares you a little bit? Yeah, uh, excited about the ability to have so much information, so much uh, resources at our fingertips. I think mm -hmm. I, I remember I'm an old man. So I remember when Siri first came out, <laughs> right? I was like, what is this? This is amazing, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, seeing something like this. And I just look at my kids and how they view Siri and Alexa versus they don't have no clue. My kids are one, three, and six. And so how they're going to view that in the future is going to be crazy. So I'm excited about that. Oh, my apprehension is uh, several things. I think for the next generation, resilience. We're, mm -hmm. we're already seeing issues mm -hmm. with resilience right now. No one wants to put in the hard work to find research things I get a chance wow. to teach at CFSEU. Mm -hmm. And some and our CFSEU students are great, um, but in education in general, the idea of like researching and finding details and those, like that just isn't a top priority. Mm -hmm. And I think this is just going to exasperate that. I also think, I think we're far from it, but I know people start to think iRobot immediately right. with some of this oh, right yeah. yeah like i think there's like i said i think we're far from it when you think about how the how the human brain works we actually like stack information on top of it mm -hmm. like so right now as we're talking 
like you're looking at me, so you're just some visual things that you're taking in, information, mm-hmm. uh, or I'm looking at you and I'm talking, and at the same time, I'm thinking about the wing stop I'm gonna eat after this, hey. right? And at the same time, like, and so I have, and I'm, I'm moving my arms, right. and so it's not like these are all linear things that I'm doing. It's like your brain has the ability to process most, most of these things and stack them, put them in autopilot, and you're mm-hmm. not telling your lungs to do the things that they're doing right now. And so right now, the issue uh, right now of why we don't have iRobot is because certain robots can think up to 1,000 or 150,000, let's say, um, actions ahead of where we are right now. But when you put that in moments like this movement, that is only like five or seven seconds of action because it was like, you have to move, you have to think about this, you have to process, you have to all at the same time. Currently, we don't have technology, but if we ask the AI how to get technology in order to become... And I don't know. These are weird ponderers of a person who asks a lot of questions. So. All right. Well, well, I love it. What do you use AI for today? Like, is this, yeah. is it helping you at all? Sure. I, I use it for anything family wise. So if mm-hmm. I'm like, yo, uh, we're going to Orlando to go do mm-hmm. something. What's some of the top restaurants? Um, if I had to come up with an idea, like if you are a leader of some sort, then you have to do anything like announcements, like you can craft it. What's the best way to articulate this announcement? Wow. What's the, right? Any of that stuff you can do it. But it's clear that uh, AI in and of itself, the, the best way to think about it is like a sophisticated calculator. It's still information in, information out. Yeah. So mm-hmm. these information ends are not bi- unbiased. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know. Some of things. So. Man, I love that. That's mm-hmm. really great. Yeah, because that AI is a, a big topic right now, and you could use it for so many different things. Yeah. So, and today's conversation really is all around the why do people need to know my problems, mm-hmm. right? Like so many people, mm-hmm. young adults, we could be living in a lot of different problems, different scenarios. And if you've been in a church setting before, you might have heard this word confession, right? Yeah. The idea behind confession. And we truly believe that confession is part of walking in freedom. Like you mm-hmm. can walk in freedom when we confess. And it actually says this in the Bible in James 5, 16. It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And that is so good. And I think so many times confession can sound like a scary word, oh, for right? Sure. Like it's mm. not super fun. It's not attractive, yeah. this confession word. And, and we as young adults and leaders, if you're listening, like we could ask this question of like, what really is confession? Like yeah. what is a definition? Is it helpful in this season of life? Like Really, what is it? So, Pastor Jonathan, mm. would you be able to help us unpack, mm-hmm. like, what is confession uh, and why is it helpful? Yeah, you know, I, I totally resonate with the tension of maybe not feeling like I can confess everything with everyone. I remember, uh, I, I, I resonate with several levels. First, my wife was, uh, she's from Monterrey, Mexico. I have to roll the R, otherwise she's going to abandon hey. me. Uh, but <laughs> the, uh, she's from Mexico, came from a church Love background it. that's there. And it's a, you know, it's a, it's a church family. She's a PK. And who you tell things to impacts not just yourself, but other congregants. And so, like, no one wants to be the PK kid that's known as that kid who talks mm-hmm. about the things they're going through mm-hmm. or talks about those subjects. And then everyone's like, this, this family can't really lead us or, and so there's, mm-hmm. there's some fear like that that you see, but I can remember being in college and really struggling with some things. And I remember talking to a mentor of mine and being like, if I'm honest, I don't want to say anything to anyone because I'm afraid that I'm going to be exposed. Wow. Like, wow. I, yeah. I, if I'm, and I'm, I'm going to be exposed and then just everything's going to be ruined. 
And the thing that my mentor told me forever changed my viewpoint of confession. He said, no, what you want is exposure. Mm. You want to be able to say, God exposed this because that's where the real healing and the real light comes in. And if you're always asking for exposure, you don't have to worry about being the person who has something hidden and it exposes it exposes in front of millions of people. And now you have a huge issue that's part. And so I think that has always been something that's kind of shaped my, no, no, no. If I'm always exposing to God and to others and to, I know I'm in a lane that Mm. keeps me in a healthy place. But I I love this verse that you just read that's found in um, James chapter five, verse 16. And you said like, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray uh, for each other so that you might be healed. Uh, And as you're um, studying the Bible, anytime you see the statement, therefore, like we, we tend to like zoom into just certain verses, mm-hmm. but you know, I had a professor who always said, w- when you see therefore, you have to find out what it's there for. Hey. Right? Like yeah. therefore is a subsequent or conclusion to a previous part of this chapter or this segment or this passage. Uh, and it's really not the beginning of the passage. It's really the kind of the conclusion of it. And so wow. um, with, James chapter five, verse 16, being one of the most important verses about confession that we see, I think it's important to read some of the verses before it. And so I think actually, if you go back to verse 14, you really see the this intriguing thing that says, um, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with the oil named of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will have the one who was sick and the Lord will raise him. Mm. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, right? And you, you see that part in the prayer of the righteous person uh, has great power and is working. But you also see the verse right afterwards that says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that he might not, that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it didn't rain on earth. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. But I I think now that we zoom out of that specific text and see it wider, we see this intriguing thing about healing. Mm. Mm -hmm. And many times we've done with that text, the same thing we've done with the John chapter five text and uh, uh, automatically assume that this healing or this sickness is speaking about physical ailments. And so we we preclude the spiritual aspect of that, right? (laughs) But there, there is no part of this verse that would make us preclude that. As a matter of fact, as you're reading through the book of James, James is talking for a lot of part of it, interrelational, mm-hmm. how we ought to in our relationships handle, right? These th- wow. types of things. And so actually, when you look at even the Greek word for sick, it, it's really meaning weak. Mm-hmm. For anyone who is weak, let him come to the elders of the wow. church and let them pray wow. over him and anoint him with oil. And sometimes you look at that and we're like, anointing with oil only has to do with the sickness. But really what they're really saying is that that term oil isn't a, when you look at the Greek, they're not talking about the uh, sacrificial or the ceremonial view, because there's two words for that anointing. Mm. They're not saying ceremonially anoint them. They're actually using it in the regular term. So, uh, when the woman uh, who goes to Jesus and anoints his feet, yeah. well, that was a ceremonial. That was just like, that was to give and alleviate and show care for and to show uh, that that you wanted to bring restoration to. Well, does that make sense? You're, you're showing yeah. love too. Mm-hmm. Like and so the anointing that's used in this text is not the ceremonial anointing, Mm-mm. it's that anointing. 
And so what we really see, um, and you actually see it in the very next verse when he talks about, um, if uh, verse 15, when it says, if they are sick again, well, that sick isn't the same word as the other sick. That's actually kamnanto, which means weary. Mm. And so in this text, as you're looking at this verse, really what it's saying is, um, as you're living out this life of Christ and you're living it in the world that's around you, which is mm -hmm. one of the, like the contextual piece of James, you are going to get weary with what you're going through. And you may be weary spiritually. Wow. And it may cause you to sin. And you may be going through that. And should you find your place in a weak or weary, or find yourself in a weak or weary place, go to those who can anoint you. Why? Because yeah. that's going to bring comfort to you. And then pray for them. That's and this is, this is what makes it even more solid of a case for me, is the illustration right after. Mm -hmm. So it's talking about, um, it's talking about Elijah. And it says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Why would it say that? Well, it's saying it because he's a person who dealt with weak and weary things just as we do. Mm -hmm. And yet his prayers were so so strong, so powerful, that it brought change to the world around him. And mm -hmm. so I think when you look at this verse about confession, it's not just saying the healing that you're going to get is physical healing. I think, as, as a matter of fact, we might misconstrued thinking that um, all sickness is due to some type of sin. I don't think that's mm -hmm. true. I think some are. Um, but what we would see, I think a better way to exegete the passage would be to essentially say that this is really more speaking about our interrelationship with other people. And if we want healing from the weariness and weakness that yeah. sin brings into our life, mm -hmm. we need other people to come alongside us. Yeah. And so why do we confess? Well, we confess to get healing, yeah. Yeah. to have people enter into those deep, darkest places of our life, to not bring exposure for harm, but exposure for light and for healing. Mm. You know? So Yeah, wow. that's great. Man, I've never heard somebody uh, show us the word sick is really the word weak mm -hmm. because it's, it's hard for me to identify with the word sick, but I can identify with weak. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've been weak. I need to confess. I need to find healing. Yeah. And man, I love that. Getting in that community, have people echo what God says about you. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We're it, just it's true. church. And I think what we do, uh, yeah. uh, you know, obviously we're speaking to Americans a little bit, but uh, some of the uh, predisposition of being an American is this idea of my own personal rights and my own personal mm -hmm. destiny and control over my life and very individualistic. And I, I'm not speaking about politically individualistic, like I'm not talking about communism or anything like that, right? <laughs> what I am talking about though is we tend to be individualistic and I think the Bible shows really that it's a little bit more collectivistic. Like mm -hmm. we, we, we are never fully, truly only alone to our own selves. You didn't get to where you got to today right. by yourself. Oh, As a matter right. of fact, you needed people to get to where you are and yeah. where you're going in the future, you need people. But, but the Bible is really clear that your own sin and your own choices are your own. And so right. this is both and, mm -hmm. and sometimes we forget the both and when it comes to our sin and the things that we're facing. Mm -hmm. And we think, I just gotta white knuckle it. I just, I just have to deal with it between me and God, myself, and that's it. But the Bible is really clear when it's talking about the greatest commandments is, is love God, right. but love others. And part of that love is to be in right relationship with others and help them. And, and, and as you confess, they're helping you. And so, and so it's kind of that, that both end that we see. Man. All right, I've got a that's question. Great. Because yeah. Kalisa and I had an experience a couple of weeks ago. We're at church on Sunday uh -huh. and this girl comes up to us in kind of a 
let me tell you everything that happened about my life this week. Yeah. Okay. And Granted. just dumps yeah. everything on us. And and that doesn't quite feel like what you're talking about. Yeah. So what's the difference between like this dumping yeah. and actual <clears throat> confession? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think part of the tension of why we don't want to confess, it, part of it is like the fear that I don't I don't want to be exposed to the other part of it is like, I also don't want to be a gossiper, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And some yeah. of us don't want to just like, gossip or even just emote or just uh mm-hmm. I'm, I'm processing out loud you know sure. like totally. some of that part and aspects <laughs> of, of things um and so i think you want to be mindful of that I, I would say you should lean more towards over confessing than under confessing because i'd rather you be in the light more than hidden for right. some of those mm-hmm. things but i think some clear delineation is the intent of what you're trying to get across right and so if, if i come to meet with you and I'm looking for maybe just alleviation to a bad day, well, that's just is relational conversation. Mm-hmm. If I am choosing to confess, which means I'm acknowledging a part of my life that isn't fully surrendered to God and I'm looking to you yeah. to help me along that pathway or I'm looking to you to help walk through this process with me, that feels more like confession. Because mm-hmm. I'm, in, I'm inviting, I'm not just ex- like telling you what happened, I'm inviting you into this place yeah. that needs healing. I'm inviting you into this place that needs it. And, and altar moments are, are such holy moments to me yeah. because you get this opportunity to see people who come in and say, I am no longer doing this on my own. Right. I need mm-hmm. someone to talk to about this. And so I think that is, to me, the delineation is like the intent and then also h- how we and what we are discussing mm-hmm. in, that, in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that you said that, like the, the come into the altar, you can come in and share a little bit more, go a little bit deeper with kind of the things that are going on in our life. And, and another question that comes to my mind is like, really, who should we be confessing to? Like, mm. can we just stop anyone in the middle of the hallway and be like, hey, wait, I, I need to tell you something. Or like, yeah. should we tell our entire friend group, our entire uh-huh our entire family members, like who are the right people? Should it just, <laughs> should it be a pastor? Should it, you know, can you yeah. walk us through a little bit of that? Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm sure not to expose anyone. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I emotional intelligence is obviously a great aspect of this process. Yeah. We all know people who are oversharers that you're like, you know, I asked how you were doing. I don't know that I needed a 30 minute diatribe <laughs> about you know, your day. Truly, yesterday. how are you? <laughs> uh, I, I don't necessarily think that's what you're saying, but uh, right. you know, knowing who and what I think is super important. Um, because that's that's helpful for how we ought to really uh, get the most out of confession that we can mm. truly get. And first and foremost, we want to say God, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, c- confession isn't, uh, uh, you know, sometimes when we go to confession, we're like, I have to think of absolutely everything right now because if I don't, I'm going to go to hell. Right. Like, that's, I don't think that's what really like First John 1 9 is saying or these mm-hmm. types of verses about confession. But I think it is keeping an, an open relationship. It's talking to. And so, uh, I mean, I look at it as a relationship with my wife. Like uh, uh, my wife and I may get in an argument or we may get into a disagreement or we may get into whatever. Mm-hmm. But just because we get in a disagreement doesn't mean she's no longer my wife anymore. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, what I need to do is I need to confess to maintain that relationship. Right. And so my lack of confession doesn't mean immediately I'm out of um, out of relationship with God. But in order to keep a healthy, thriving relationship, I need to consistently talk to him about these things in my Such life that are barriers yeah, to awesome. this relationship that either I've placed or that I think someone else has placed to, conf- to get that out. 
Um, and then we see, you know, verses that essentially say there is no uh, mediator between us and God, or God and man, except for the Jesus Christ. And so a Jesus is obviously that person that we can talk to. But yeah. okay, help me out though a little mm -hmm. bit. Uh, how how do I confess to God? Yeah. What, what do I do? Do I have to mm -hmm. pray something yeah. or write something down? Like, yep. what do I do in that moment? Yeah, you know what? Um, I love, First John one night says, if we are, if we confess our sins, He's both faithful and just mm. to forgive us of our sins. And I love that verse because faithful means every time. Mm -hmm. Every time He's gonna forgive you. Just means if there's any person who could judge you for confessing, it's Him, uh, and yet yeah. He still chooses to to bring you forgiveness. Wow. Yep. Uh, so uh, but, good. So so the need there is to confess. Uh, but how we ought to do that, I think there's a couple mediums in which we can use. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I am actually a fan of you, verbalizing like through through prayer, through how I say, God, I'm I'm struggling, uh, whether that is verbal, like audibly, or whether it is in our mind, yeah. confessing and talking with. Prayer is beyond just what we verbally say. It's I mean, you can say something verbally and your heart posture be completely different. So it's really more about that hot, heart posture, mm -hmm. how we're talking to God revealing to God areas that he already knows you're hiding from him, but you just need to reveal to him because that's bringing the healing, the balm that we are searching for. And so I think some of that is confessing, God, I've messed up and I don't want this to be a barrier between us. God, I've hidden this. I know you asked me to do this thing and I just resisted it and resisted it, but I'm finally here for you. So I think there's some of that, but I will say there is something special also about writing it down, mm. keeping oh, a journal yeah. and just saying like, God, I'm, you know, this is something I'm working through. And sometimes those who learn better through writing have maybe felt tension right. about saying, I have to always verbalize. But if you're, if the best way that you learn to process these things is through writing, I would say, write it down and express, identify, this is the thing. Mm -hmm. Express, I genuinely desire you more than this thing that's why I'm bringing this thing to you. And so I think that's some of the best ways that you can do that, whichever medium, whether it's verbally, yeah. whether it's in your mind, whether it's written down. Yeah. Um, but the other way like, is to, who else do you talk to besides God? Right. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are some, some spiritual leaders in our life that we can look to, mm -hmm. right? There's mm -hmm. clearly, uh, if you have a group leader, if you have a mentor, if you have a pastor, those individuals, um, because I think they can provide some spiritual insight and some health and being able to help you find freedom in those yep. areas. And I think, I think that's always going to be a healthy thing. But um, I don't know that uh, those spiritual leaders are always as accessible, accessible as healthy spiritual mm -hmm. friends that are in our life. Yeah. I think that's a necessary thing. I think healthy spiritual friends who you can look at, be honest with, and begin to discuss with, right? right. Who understand this idea of, oh, I, I think it's Timothy who talks about this. When you when you save someone, you go to reach someone um, and help them through that tough time, you basically save them from the flames. You, you're helping them and helping them process through that. So healthy spiritual friends mm -hmm. who are around you, who can point you to God, not to yourself. Um, as a caveat, <laughs> sometimes when we find ourselves in committing the same sin over and over and over and over again, the people we go to are the very same people who are going through the exact same thing we're doing, right? And, yeah. and, and what you need to do is you need to find spiritual help, people who aren't struggling with that, who can also mm. provide help and strength and insight to help you get out of that thing that you're in. But that doesn't negate the fact that you need other people in your life that maybe struggle with the same thing that you're able to express those and confess those things to. Is that yeah. helpful? Yeah, of yeah. course. Okay. I'm thinking about um, 
met life group leaders mm-hmm. are, are so huge. Uh, friends that you go to young adults with, yeah. uh, pastors, wow. you could use that altar moment. But the point is that y- you confess it to somebody yeah. because you need someone to just speak God's word over you. And mm-hmm. like you said earlier, that brings yeah. healing yeah. to, to your soul. So yep. it needs yeah. to be somebody. And as you're saying it, it needs to be somebody. And uh, Instagram and Snapchat is not somebody. Just, I mean, Hello. Ooh, I yeah. Hello. <laughs> uh, that, that may be great that you are finally willing to express your feelings about such and such right. or, or that type of thing. That's, that's great. But that's more of a blasting than a confession. Mm. That's more of you trying to get your own opinions. The, the, the point of confession is that when you, you see this is James, right? When you go to this person, you're also receiving from that person. I don't know who you can much receive from yeah. if you're just blasting your opinion mm-hmm. or opining or those types of things. So I think th- that's going to be important. One thing we haven't hit on so far um, is we're also supposed to confess our sins to people we've hurt. Right. When we, uh, yeah. You know, the Bible is like, as long as it depends on you, live in unity with all people, right? So, uh, you know, I think for us, it's easy to be like, I talked to God about that. So they should be able to get over it by now. Not knowing that um, the weight of any offense is always carried by the person who was offended. And what you ought to do is to help them with the carrying of that offense by essentially Mm -hmm. saying, I have messed up and it is my fault. And forgive me, I shouldn't have treated you that way. I should have, right? And uh, and so I think uh, one aspect that sometimes we miss is the confession of our own mistakes to an offended party that we've we've hurt. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's that's real. So we got to confess to God. Yep. We got to confess to a spiritual Christian leader who's going to help us. It could be a friend, but help us get to a place of, of freedom and healing. Yeah. And then we got to go to the person that that we've hurt and we've offended. Yeah. And, and confess to them, but. Does it stop after that conversation? Ah. Like what happens next? Yeah, That's a great question. That's a great question. And I resonate with that because I'm I'm a nerd that asks tons of questions. And I have been mistyped as a five on Enneagram a lot because I I will do research on research and research. And if I'm not careful, um, once I ask questions and I get the answer to the question, I think that's the end. Like I'm like, ah, I got the answer. But I don't always say, what does that mean for me now? Mm. Okay. Right? Like, so there may be something I'm going through. And I I started to do this uh, years ago when I first started going to a therapist. I would just go for answers. Um, You know, I'm I'm seeing this. Help me see what the reason is, what the reason is. And I'd arrive to the reason. And I'd be like, boom, got the reason. But there would be no follow-up or no subsequent life change or no... Mm post that reason yeah and then my therapist said look at me one time i'm like hey listen we've been talked about this like six times you keep finding why <laughs> and you're not making choices that are changing that out so uh kudos to my therapist on that yeah. one. but uh but what i had to learn is the knowledge in and of itself is not the changing thing it's the wisdom that is received from that moment mm. wow um and james i think is cl- clearly hitting on that because james is the one who says to hear the word of god and to walk away and not let it impact your life is to look into a mirror and to forget what you look like as soon as you walk away from it. And mm. so I think part of confession uh, is the the getting out of the thing you've hidden. Wow. Um, and I and I, I want to lean in that a little bit pastorally and say, like, aren't you tired of hiding that thing, by the way? Mm-hmm. Like, mm. it, whatever that thing is that you have been suppressing 
and afraid to expose yeah. and afraid to like that. Like you need healing from that. And like, and you need someone you can finally be like, uh, this is it. Right. But if you walk away from that moment, nothing subsequently changes. You would have missed the completion of that healing. Right? You, right. I think you see this moment uh, where this woman yeah. who's caught in the act of adultery um, is brought out in front of Jesus and the Pharisees at the time are essentially like, what are you going to say to this Jesus, right? Like we should stone this person, right? We should, we should give capital punishment to this person right now. Mm -hmm. And then you see this incredible moment where Jesus is like, you without sin, cast the first stone, right? Um, and I, sometimes we ended at that moment, but what happens is, is Jesus goes to her and says, who condemns you? And she's like, no one. He's like, neither do I. And if you're not careful, that's all we're seeking for, for confession. Ah, finally someone I can go to who can do, wow. who doesn't condemn me, who I'm able to express all of these yeah. woes or hidden parts and those types of things. But Jesus's subsequent statement is now go and sin no more. Yeah. And part of that is like, part of the healing nature of this is that you would make right choices after this. Now we are humans that make poor choices consistently, right? Um, but hopefully in finding those who you can confess to and talk to, beyond that moment of expression, you will leave with the healing to make better choices, mm -hmm. to see the world differently, um, so that you aren't confessing maybe in the exact same way or the ex exact same thing in the future. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's not just forgiveness. You yeah. need that healing yeah. and that healing's a process and yeah. it takes time. And James says, show me your faith by your actions. Exactly. So you better right. back this sucker up. Mm -hmm. That's. <laughs> yeah. Man, I love this. this yeah. yeah, it's so good. And even when thinking about it, like practically, like the next steps of, you know, who do we talk to and mm -hmm. maybe where are the people, where are these people that we can find, like to mm -hmm. confess to, like where yeah. are like the strongest people we can find them. And if we're consistently going to church, like what are some resources or things that we have at the church that, you know, our young adult community can jump into? Yeah. If you are not in a group, you are missing part of the healing that comes with being it's in true. biblical community. Mm -hmm. That's just the nature of it. Um, going to church is an aspect of biblical community. You, you get things out of it that you don't get otherwise like worshiping in your living room is great and is necessary. Matter of fact, if you're worshiping at church, but not on your own, I, I, we would have to ask the spiritual level for where you're at and how you can grow some of that spiritual formation. But beyond the collective us worshiping together, you need to be able to have intimate, real conversations with people who are close to you, who know you, mm -hmm. who make you know them, <laughs> they know you, who you can start a conversation off where it left off last time you had the conversation. Yeah. And so I would say you need to find a group, you need a community, you need people you can talk to consistently. And even within those, there are some, you know, judgment calls you have to make. Like obviously a uh, part of the person that you need to go to is someone who you know is trustworthy yeah. with the thing you're gonna confess to, right? Mm -hmm. I think there is some wisdom and not being quick to confess everything to anyone that's in your life. You need to, you need to be able to judge. And a way I think I judge that is like, are they telling me other people's things? Because they're telling me other people's things. Oh, yeah. Now I know they're not gonna keep my things yes. secret. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> right. um, so I think a group, it's gonna be one of the clearest ways that you can do that. That's and true. then trusting some leaders and the pastors, they're like, they're here for you as well. Yeah, 
No, that's so good. I love that. And you can find groups on our website, on our app. And there's so many different groups that you could just jump in and be a part of. And and that is really how we can just continue to build the kingdom forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of young adults, we often use Google mm-hmm. to ask our questions. We use the search engine and we find out all these things. But um, if a young adult were to go on Google mm-hmm. and ask, why should people know about my problems? Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you sum that up? Like, what would be, like, uh, an answer that you would come up with as they write uh, a result in one sentence, maybe? Yeah. You know, if they see that on Google, yeah. what would be the response? Would be Like, would be the top yeah. result. Mm-hmm. Like, well, listen, you're open AI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We asked the question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the response? <laughs> oh. oh, I would say, um, uh, you know, I have to use the Bible verse for this because I think that'd be good. I'd probably say Proverbs 28 verse 13 says this. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess sin and turn from them, they will receive mercy. And the clear idea of prospering in Proverbs is like a tree that's fruitful and it has is life-giving mm-hmm. and is and so those who don't confess aren't that. Those who do confess are the fruitful. So I guess I'd say Proverbs 28, 13. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that helpful? Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Proverbs 28, 13. Go, go look at it, look it up, read it, write it down. Um, we want our lives to prosper. Yeah. We want our lives to be fruitful. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that this is like what Jesus designed whenever he yeah. left the church, mm-hmm. he left community. Mm-hmm. Um, he left us with each other yeah. to, sure. to minister in, in Jesus' name and to remind each other of truth and to confess our sins and find mercy and yeah. get healing and forgiveness. Pastor, thank you so much for, for oh, joining thanks us. Thanks for allowing me to be Being part. in this. Yeah. Um, I just want to talk, if you are someone who is, as you're listening to this, your heart's beating a little quick because you know there's a conversation that you need to have, have the conversation. Mm -hmm. Go do it. Uh, Find that mercy. Uh, You said it earlier, but he is faithful and just to Mm -hmm. forgive us Mm -hmm. our sins, to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And that's all because of what Jesus did on the cross, which we're about to celebrate at Easter. Um, there is healing and forgiveness for you. So go out, have that conversation, find that mercy. It's just waiting for you to jump in Mm -hmm. and do that. But thank you for being here, being a part of this conversation. Uh, A lot of people are going to find freedom from this. Amen. And this is the answer to why do people need to know my problems so that I can find life and I could experience mercy. Thank you for listening. If you are not yet subscribe. We want to invite you to like this podcast, subscribe to it, leave a comment. If you want uh, to continue the conversation, show notes are here. We've got resources for you. Uh, Young adults, we love you. We're going to see you next time on the Young and Adulting Podcast. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Young and Adulting. Follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.